0: Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com, where we talk with our customers about how they started their business, how they're marketing their brand, and how they're growing their company. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for your continued support. As a bonus for all of our listeners who want to try us out, head over to StickerGiant.com and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off your first item. Without further ado, it's time for the Stickers on the Mic podcast from StickerGiant. Let's get on with the show.
1: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Stickers on the Mic. I'm Allison, and I run our social content here at Sticker Giant. It's April 7th, 2020. Let's just dive right in. Uh, We have Julie and Stephanie here, founders of the very very cool creative space called Maker General. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Andrew and I had the pleasure of checking out your space right before Colorado put stay-at-home orders in place for COVID-19. And it's fantastic. Um, And for a side note for our listeners, Andrew is here moderating. We're all doing this from home, which is very unique for us. Uh, We usually have folks come right into the Sticker Giant podcast studio, which is really awesome. And we can't wait to get back to it. Uh, So while we're here and while I've got you, uh, can you both tell me a little bit about how Maker General got its start?
2: Um, So, I guess just like a quick backstory. Stephanie and I are both from Baltimore, where we both, we met in Baltimore. Um, We lived on the same block, kind of a house in the middle, in between us. Um, And Stephanie moved out to Colorado first. I came out second, uh, about a year-ish after her. Um... Husbands kind of do similar work. Anyway, uh, when I got out here, I was sort of, I had no idea what I was going to do for work. I had owned a dog walking business in Baltimore and I was teaching at um, a bunch of different universities in Baltimore. And I knew I needed to do something for work, but I had no idea what. Um, And I have kind of, I don't know, I am, um, I, I like to do things. I like to take risks. And I was like, let's open a store. We had kind of, At one point in Baltimore, I don't even know if you remember this, Stephanie, but we had talked about uh, opening like some kind of creative space a long, long time ago. It was like in one of our nights of like putting a quilt together. And that idea always just kind of like hung around in my head. Um, So when I moved here, I was like, let's open a store and let's open this creative space and let's make it happen. I had nothing else going on at the time. Stephanie is working at the library and still is. Uh, So I I had time and I was like, let's do this. Let's make this thing happen. I wanted to, um, you know, I had lived in Baltimore for a very long time, and I was very active in the creative community there. And moving to a small-ish town, um, kind of more of a suburban town, frightened me a little bit to kind of step into this place and not know anybody or anything that was going on in the creative community. So uh, anyway, we opened the store, and it's been a really great way to of tap in and connect with creative people uh, in Longmont and Denver and Boulder, Fort Collins, all around. So, yeah. nice. Anything yeah.
1: you to add, Stephanie?
3: Yeah, I was working um, at the library and teaching um, sewing classes sort of in Boulder um, and realizing that so many people were traveling there from Longmont just um, seemed kind of silly to not, it just seemed like there was a need here for that sort of creative um, outlet. And I was doing that stuff kind of on the side.
1: And so why not bring it close to home? Mm -hmm. Sort of the thought there. So dog walking business, working at the library, uh, (laughs) did did you see yourselves kind of as just crafty, casual crafters before this, uh, were you professional in your making? Uh, tell me a little bit more about what opening up a store for makers. What drove you to that? Um, <sighs> I like to tell this story because, uh, yeah. Julie
3: drove me to it. Um, <laughs> but before that, I mean, I've never, um, really done it in a professional capacity. So I've, published a couple of, I've contributed a couple of patterns to published works, um, but never done it, um, professionally. Julie has a different experience with it. Mine's been really more personal, but, um, I just always like to laugh. That story makes me laugh. (laughs) Julie drove me to it.
2: (laughs) I made you do it. Um, yeah, and I mean, I went to art school. I went, um, and I got an MFA, so, which is a master's in fine arts from, uh, art school. Um, so I was actively making, you know, fine art. Um, and honestly, after I was finished with my MFA and kind of finished with that experience, I kind of lost um, desire to make fi- to make fine art and to like conceptualize what I was doing. And I still I'm an artist and I want to make things. Um, and I really just wanted to kind of take what I was making out of like that white box um, out of the gallery um, and I started making quilts. I was like, you know what? All throughout graduate school, I was like hounded for making pictorial and decorative and like beautiful work. And I was just like, screw it. I'm going to make decorative, beautiful, functional work. So that was sort of when I started making these quilts, I thought of them as an extension of my art school, though not art and kind of playing with this idea of craft and art. Um, I have made... Some wall hangings that I did do consider art um, that I hung in a gallery setting, um, and that was like the first kind of taste of art I had had since I finished my MFA in two
1: thousand nine. Nice, I love that. So you both come in as makers, different experiences, but loving being makers. What was the drive for moving from the East Coast out west? Oh,
3: it was. The same for both of us, really. I just, um, we moved out here. My husband took a job. That was the only drive. I talked to people who are like, oh, we wanted, we want, we just always wanted to live here. That wasn't really um, how we got here. It was (laughs) purely um, connected to that job and financial
2: resources. (laughs) So it's not, not, not a super romantic story. But we came out and visited you twice and, after the first time I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got to, We've got to go live by mountains. Like they are just like calling my name. When I was in college, I made a lot of artwork about mountains. Um, so I was like, this is the place I need to be like clearly. Um, yeah. So we had come out and visited a couple of times and I kind of put the bug in my husband's head and was like, Hey, you should look into work in Colorado. And then Stephanie's husband, Ben got Mike a job and we got to come.
1: I love that. I love those yeah. connections. So fast forward a little bit, you decide you want to open a store. You sell some pre-made items, some really fun, crafty things. I saw a lot of just like fun grab and go gifts almost. And then you also sell raw supplies and materials. Tell me more about that part. Yeah, we have a little bit of both. And I would say
3: in large part, even our kits are raw materials. They're just all assembled for you to create like a finished project product, but you still have to put all that blood, sweat and tears behind it. So, um, it's just like, you know, how much creative control do you want over assembling those items? But, um, yeah, so it's fabric. It's a lot of fabric, a lot of sewing, um, materials, needles, threads, fabric, textiles. Um, we try to focus on apparel textiles. There's a lot of quilting cotton available. And of course we love quilting cotton because it's awesome and it looks great and it's cute and it's beautiful, but you can get it a lot of different places. So we've really streamlined our, we've like really drilled down on a collection that we really, really like. We like the designers and carry that. And then we have brought in a bunch of apparel stuff because there are all these great independent pattern makers. We have their patterns, but it's hard to find that apparel clothing um, not everything looks great sewn up in quilting cotton. So, um, that's sort of what we're doing on the sewing end. And then we have like needlework supplies. So cross stitch embroidery and all of that stuff. Um, what else do we have, Julie?
2: Um, we've got some weaving kits and supplies. Um, we have got, and we've got, you know, cray- like hand- home, uh, handmade crayons from a maker in Baltimore. We have um, different, you know, different books to, you know, different doodling, kind of generate some doodling ideas or to make some, you know, make some things out of your doodles. Um, what am I forgetting? What else do we have? We have so I mean, journals, we have stamps, we have stamp pads, we have materials to make your own stamps. We have materials to make your own. We have little kits to make your own, you know, little pins, um, sort of shrinky dink style. Um, we have, you know, we've got, we're, we're starting to build some stuff for kids to make stuff. We've got some kind of really like beautiful little woodwork, uh, you know, hand carved families for kids to paint. Um, they're really sweet kits, little dolls, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we've got, like I said, we've got journaling supplies. We do carry some cards and some stationery because everyone needs a card. And if you're a maker, you need a book to be able to write down your ideas or kind of jot down any notes or measurements. Um, Because, you know, measuring is a big part of making things. Um, Yeah, patterns, fabric.
0: Basically all the,
2: you know, we, we, we don't go overboard. I don't think on anything. Our our big idea or big plan has always just been to have, you know, your basic supplies to make some projects. So if you want to make a shirt, we have everything you need to make a shirt. You know, here here we have the pattern, we have the fabric, we have the thread and we have maybe any interfacing you might need for the neck. Um, And that's all you really need. And if you want anything more, we, we we might not be the place to find that. We might you might be able to find it with us, but for the most part it's just sort of your basic supplies.
1: Awesome. I love that. And that's <laughs> I guess where the title Maker General comes from. It's a general store for makers, Absolutely. right? Yes. So, from what you just described and especially kind of leaning into the kids part, it sounds like anybody from novice to expert can walk into Maker General and they can find something at their experience level. Absolutely. Cool.
2: That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And you know something else is uh, I I always like to say, kind of kind piggybacking on that. um, You know, some people go into you know some of these stores, you know, kind of these other craft stores that sell things, and it's really intimidating to be like, oh my god, I want to make an embroidery, but I have no idea what to get. And that's where these kits are really great. The instructions are there. Kind of your picture of your end product is there, and you kind of know what you're getting. um, But it does allow a little bit of room for you know, your own kind of hand in the work as well. Um, but I think sometimes people are, I've never made a weaving before, I'm terrified to make one. Okay, well, cool, let's let's get you started, you know? Um, and Stephanie and I are at the shop and we have two other women that help us out. Um, you know, and the four of us all know, we, we all know a fair amount about everything that we carry and we all have experience with it. So I think it's nice to know that you can come into the shop really at any time and be like, hey. You know, I'm working on this shirt. I have no idea how to put this neck piece in. That's always my problem is like the neck piece. Um, I have no idea how to put this neck facing in. What do I do? And I think it's really nice. And um, I I, I think it's just like a, a nice thing to be able to offer people like, hey, come in, we can help you, you know, while you're sort of in progress and help you troubleshoot or problem solve or pull out stitches or whatever it might be. I love that. Yeah, I would just...
3: I can remember like vividly the first time I bought what I thought was cotton at a big box store (laughs) and then (laughs) coming to discover that it was like mostly polyester. And it just like, there's something about just knowing that someone has selected these materials for you to succeed with, um, you know, and enjoy. And that's sort of what we're trying to bring to people. Right. Yeah.
2: And I think that, uh, you know, too, going, jumping on sort of the big box store, Kind of quality of fabric, I think it's a very different quality. I mean, if you use like a, a knit for a t shirt or underwear or whatever and bought a knit from a big box store, you're getting a pretty uh, not very cotton combination of that knit. It may feel similar and it may have the same kind of stretch, but it definitely doesn't feel as nice to work with as these designers that are using just really nice cotton and using cotton um, to make the same fabrics.
1: That's awesome. So, on that note, you said people can come in and be like, help me with the neck, or like, I don't know how yeah. I'm embroidering. Um, and I noticed on your website that you offer classes and workshops. Obviously, right now that's a little bit different, but can you tell me, were classes always a part of your plan?
2: Yes. Um, when we first opened, it took us a couple of months to get the classes rolling, but our first class was uh, Anne. Ann Whale from Flax and Twine, right? I think so. And she did a rope bowl class and it was great. It was really well attended. I think we had like 15 people in it and it was really exciting to have that be like our launching class. Um, and, uh, you know, and then from there we've had, we've had all kinds of, we've asked all kinds of different makers and craft people um, to come in and make, yeah, or teach people kind of their skill. We just, um, you know, anywhere from macrame plant hangers to weaving to, We had a woman come in from the East Coast and do espadrille shoe workshop, which was so cool. Um, You know, we recently, the last, actually the day that we saw you last, that night, we had um, this guy, Riley Davis, who lives in Longmont. He's a woodworker. He came in and did a woodworking workshop. Um, You know, so it just, it doesn't have to be a fiber artist that we bring in for workshops and classes. We're just really excited to share different kinds of creative skills with people and then to see how people can use these skills in their own lives.
1: I like that. That's very fun.
2: So are
1: you making, I know you're sourcing a lot of these, uh, supplies and bringing them in. Are you making any custom branded, uh, supplies that you're selling along with the outsourced items? Yeah, we have our,
3: we, we, um, we have our own T-shirts. We work really hard on them. Um, those are our custom branded items. We have Looms branded Maker General, right, Julie?
2: Yeah. And we have our uh, embroidery kit, Stitch Sampler. Yeah. Um, that's branded Maker General. Um, we've been putting together an indigo dye kit and a matter dye kit. Um, what else, Stephanie? That might be it right now, yeah? tote bag. So bag. Yeah. And I would love, I mean, I would love to have more options that are ours. It would be really fun to design a pattern, um, whether it be a shirt or a pair of kids pants or something that might be something I would like to do next. Or I make these little quilted wall hangings, um, that are just based on sort of mathematical drawings of mine. And that might be something fun to, you know, print as a pattern to be like, Hey, you can make, a. Quilted wall hanging, too, that looks similar to this. So it is something that I'd like to do more of.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, Mm -hmm. with that, when they're going out the door, when folks are coming in and heading out, how are you making sure that the Maker General name is attached to your supplies, attached to your workshops, attached to your classes, so that it's kind of top of mind for people when they think, oh, I know exactly where I'm going to get that. I'm going to pick it up for Maker General. Go there, Stephanie.
3: (laughs) Um, Well, we try to participate in, um, so community events, so art walk and that kind of stuff and sort of maintain our presence in the community. And we're bringing, you know, we're bringing our stickers and our, um, our, you know, our tote bags with us and trying to distribute them whenever we can participating in, um, you know, raffles, giveaways and that kind of stuff with our, um, with our items included in there, hopefully people are putting those stickers on their water bottles and remembering every time they take a sip of water that they could pick up patterns from us. You know, but we rely a lot on word of mouth too. So just like making good friends with the people who shop with us and, you know, um, hoping that they, um, you know, repay the kindness by, you know, suggesting that their friends come shop with us too. So that's our, (laughs) it's kind of our informal strategy on that.
2: And we use a lot of, you know, social media to bring people in near and far. Um, and I think that um, for someone who had no idea what they were doing as far as social media and like using social media as a marketing tool, those I think that, I think that we've both done a really good job in kind of keeping a very consistent um, look to our social media. And I also think that kind of piggybacking off of that, the products that we carry aren't products that you're going to find at a box store. Um, so if, you know, I see someone wearing, you know, this, this Ruby star fabric, uh, it's the Ruby star society. Uh, I think or Ruby star design. Oh my gosh, Stephanie helped me. Ruby star society. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I see someone wearing this printed fabric, I'm going to know they bought it at a sort of a, a smaller kind of scale craft store. They're not going to buy it at a big box store because a big box store is not going to carry kind of higher end fabric. That's right. And
1: on that note, um, now is a time where we're seeing ordinary non-crafty folks. I'm going to include myself in that. I'm, <laughs> I'm the person who sees something on Pinterest and, you know, doesn't uh, make it successfully. You just held up, and unfortunately our listeners can't see that, but you held up fabric that is a mask. So we're seeing folks like myself attempt to make these. (laughs) Uh, Tell me your thoughts on that. Tell me your thoughts on mask making. Are you guys getting into that right now in this time of COVID-19?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, the sort of the first batch of masks we made were for donation. Um, You know, we made a second batch last week that we have, um, they were for donation for a hospital, sorry. And then the second mask, you know, really we're just trying to recuperate our our supply expense.
3: Yeah, I have for sure done um, a Zoom call or two on like how to thread your sewing machine. So people are out there. People are people are working on
2: it.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's very cool. So you just answered the question for me of what's new for you in this time. You're cranking out masks left and right. Uh, (laughs) What is exciting you about Maker General's future? we've all hit a weird point, um, for small businesses. Uh, but what's getting you excited in this time for what's coming up next?
2: I, I, I'm excited. I feel like, um, we've had really, really great support from our community. Um, you know, people have just been, you know, just reaching out and people have been buying stuff and people have been saying, what can I help you with? and, you know, even connecting with other small businesses downtown is really exciting. Small businesses, not in Longmont, small businesses in Baltimore and Austin and every other place and sort of see what they're doing. And I just think that, I really think that it sucks right now because we don't have our kind of walk-in sales, but I think that the community that Stephanie and I have been trying to like, you know, kind of build here, I think that I'm starting to see it like bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, kind of it's not just in Longmont or not just in Colorado, but kind of seeing how this community of makers is a big, gigantic, you know, worldwide community. And it's been interesting and fun to connect and sort of see to see these kind of connections. Um, you know, and also it's been fun. I've been having a really great time doing porch deliveries for people. Um, I call myself the Santa that drives the Nissan Leaf. Um, so it's been really fun to just drive around and drop stuff off on people's house at people's doorsteps and shoot a message and be like Santa just arrived, um, you know. And people are excited. We, you know, people have left rolls of toilet paper as thank you gifts. Um, you know, it's been just fun to kind of see this community and this payback. This one woman a few weeks ago, uh, or I guess last week, week before last, I had dropped some stuff off at her house and there was something on her doorknob, and I didn't realize it was for me. And I had sent her a message being like, I delivered. You know, your stuff. And she was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. She was like, That thing on the door was for you. Um, I didn't know that. So she asked for my address, and then I gave her my address, and you know, an hour later she had left me a little package. So just this kind of this kindness, and you know, that we're all in this together, we're all connected, and I, I mean that's what community is all about, you know, is just knowing that we are together and we're supporting each other in all the ways that we can. And yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see how it, what happens next. You know, everyone's terrified of this dark future, but I think that, I think, uh, I think we're all gonna come out better on the other side, I really do. Um, I think that uh, we're all gonna learn some really important lessons. And I think this time of slowness and stillness, I think is I'm also, uh, yeah, I think it's really important for kind of growth. And it's this forced slowness and this forced stillness. And it's not like I'm alone here being still and slow. It's like everybody is. And I'm really interested to see what's going to come out on the other side.
0: How
3: about you,
2: Stephanie? What are you excited about?
3: Um, I was just going to say the same thing. Um, Well, I was going to start out the same way. I probably wasn't going to get all the way where you went, Julie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just seeing the support, just like, I'm excited that we will get through that. Like I'm excited by the amount of community support we have that will probably carry us through this. Right. So that's been, um, really kind of gratifying to see, um, just that our community members and our friends are still, you know, like Julie said, reaching out and shopping. And
1: so that's been really great. I like that. Where can our listeners find you both online and future in store? <laughs> yeah you can shop 24 hours
3: a day at MakerGeneral.com. so we're still loading items in there um, as quickly as we can if you don't see what you're looking for you can always email us um, makergenerallongmont at gmail.com because we have a total 100% mental inventory of what we carry so um we can get that to you um People are even like hitting our DMs and Instagram, buying stuff. So it's pretty informal. (laughs) Um,
1: We'll find a way to make it happen. I like it. And then could you share with us your address really quickly?
2: 381 Main Street and we're in Longmont, Colorado and it's 80501. Amazing. Thank you both
1: so, so much for joining us and sharing the Maker General story with us. And a big thank you to everyone out there who's listening. Again, I'm Allison, and this is Stickers on the Mic. And I'm just going to do a little plug for ourselves. Isn't now a great time to just do a deep dive on podcasts? You're at home, you're cleaning. Isn't this a perfect time? Whip out the sprayable disinfectant, and head to stickergiant.com slash podcast and give a listen to all of our episodes. You can hear from some really cool makers. Uh, Self plug, I own a brewery and we're on there. You can check out the Lady Justice Brewing episode. What could be better? Uh, And there's a lot of cool companies just like Maker General and just like some of you who are listening, small business owners and folks looking to kind of build up their marketing plans, come up with some really cool business ideas. This is the place to find them. Be safe, shop local, wash your hands, and best of luck, Julie and Stephanie. We cannot wait to see you again in person soon. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in.
0: That wraps up this episode of Stickers on the Mic, brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customers' sticker stories. And if you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to StickerGiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off your first item. Thanks again for listening to Stickers on the Mic.